Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. Welcome to my Master Your Magnetism podcast, where I interview top experts to help you create the life and relationship you've always wanted. Today, I'm talking with Clayton Olson again. He's an NLP practitioner and relationship coach who helps people remove their deeper blocks to love so they can be loved for who they truly are in life and in relationships. So welcome, Clayton. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me again. It's always a pleasure jumping on and talking about some of these deeper concepts that really matter. Yes, we're actually recording this as a video for YouTube as well. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else, and you'd like to see a video of this episode, I'll include that in the description or episode details. And today we're going to be talking about seven core beliefs or attitudes that make you magnetic and irresistible, which is what my podcast is all about. So I'm so excited to dive into this topic. Is there anything you want to say before we get started? Yeah, so... I think that the content that we're going to cover today is particularly important because these, as you hear these, I, I, I would love the listener, the viewer to see them as invitations, an invitation to begin to see life through each of these perspectives. So we can call them attitudes. We can call them beliefs. We can call them perspectives. And essentially uh, these beliefs have been created by the one-on-one -on -one coaching clients that I've been working with. So typically when they come to me, there's something in their life that's not working. Maybe it's around relationship. It could be around something within their life on a broader sense. They're stuck in some type of pattern. They're wanting to transcend it. And oftentimes, I mean, let's just say every time, there's a specific attitude that they're adopting or a belief that they have that is the very thing that's standing in the way from them becoming who they want to be, whether it's their authentic self, whether it's more fully expressed. And so as they begin to to be transported through the work into this place of living the life that they want, creating the relationships that they want, there's a new set of beliefs that begin to come online. And so the content in today's video is actually outlining what I've seen as like a, a constellation of a number of these different beliefs that seem to come online across all the clients that I work with. So we're kind of pointing to a destination, a place that uh, you can start to step into and see how these begin to work in your life if you were to adopt them fully and completely. Amazing. That sounds so great. I actually don't know what these are myself, so I'm excited. I feel like I'm going to learn something here today. And by the way, make sure to stay to the end of this video because Clayton has a free masterclass that he's offering for people in my community. And I'll include the information for that in the description or episode details as well. So let's dive in. What's the first attitude or belief that you wanted to share here today? 
Yeah. The first one is that life happens for me, not to me. Life happens. Yeah, I love for that. Me. Yeah. Most people, uh, when they are in a situation where they're experiencing a lot of pain or suffering that's recurring are in the perspective that life is happening to them, not mm-hmm. for them. And typically that is the stance of a victim mindset. And we might begin to see the world as a, a punishing world. We might start to see, feeling, feel, feel like things are not fair. Uh, things are not happening in service of us. And it can have us really start to go into a downward spiral when we're in that belief. But when we try on the perspective that life happens for me, not to me, we start to actually step into the role of being an alchemist where we are looking at our life and rather than asking, why is this happening to me? We're looking at our life and saying, uh, what is the resource or the fuel in this? How can I use this experience to become more of who I want to be? How can I deep reach deeply into this experience and have this experience serve in my actualization in my character building and my confidence and me coming into a place of more beauty and grace? Um, it's not an easy perspective to adopt, especially if you've been experiencing something very tragic, mm-hmm. uh, but just flirting with this idea that life happens for me, not to me might have you begin to turn towards tragic experiences with curiosity and with an openness rather than a resistance and a self-blame or self-violence. Amazing. And the opposite of this, that victim mentality is just so repelling. You can feel the energy of that even in just an email or text message or a comment on YouTube, right? (laughs) And I really love this one as the first one. Life is happening for me, not to me. Do you have any tips for people who, you know, maybe are in a really tough spot in their love life? Maybe they're attracting narcissists or the wrong kind of people. I know I've heard people say that once I stopped blaming men or women, of course, this could probably work for both men and women. My audience here on my podcast is mostly women, but I've heard people say once I stopped blaming my childhood or my upbringing or my parents or the last guy who I was in a relationship with, everything changed Mm. when I started to take a look at the role I was playing in my own suffering Uh and how is this happening for me? You know, what can I learn from this? How can this take me to the next level that I want to be? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to piggyback on that. So I'm going to answer the question and I'm, and I'm actually going to answer it by talking about a close cousin of that first attitude, that first belief, which is standing in the perspective of how am I creating this mm. and standing in the belief of I am creating my experience fully and completely. I might not have control over the external circumstances that occur in my life, but I do have 100% responsibility for how I experience them internally. And so that's exactly what you were mentioning is that when you see people begin to move from a place of trying to blame the outside world and blame circumstances to actually getting curious about how am I consenting to, how am I allowing, how am I perhaps unconsciously influencing a unwanted pattern to continually occur in my life? How am I actually so much of a master, masterful creator How am I actually so powerful that I'm creating something that I don't want Mm -hmm. perpetually over and over again? This, again, is another way of shifting out of the victim mindset and into this creator mindset. And it's not about blame. It's not about you blaming yourself now and punish yourself. It's about coming to a place of curiosity, seeing your own power and influence in the situation, your own agency. And when we can begin to identify how we're constructing a pattern over and over again, whether it's attracting somebody or a type of person that's not working for us, 
or whether it's a relationship that blows up in the same way over and over again, we can start to get curious about how we can dismantle that as we get closer to understanding how we're creating it and how we're influencing it. So it's courageous work. This is work that's not for the faint of heart. This takes a lot of courage to sit down and really be honest with ourselves and let go of the self-deception and look at how powerful we really are in that particular circumstance, even if it's unwanted. So that would be number two is I am creating my experience and I'm fully responsible for the experience that I'm having of whatever event this is. I yep. resonate with that so much. I love these first two. Do you want to move into the number three? Yep. Let's do it. Yeah. So the next one is the realization and the perspective, standing in the perspective that all parts of me actually want the best for me. Mm. And there is no such thing as self-sabotage. Wow. I don't know if I've ever heard anything like that before. Yeah. I'd love to hear yeah. more on that. Yeah. So when, whenever there is a, uh, whenever I experience people suffering, including myself, oftentimes it's because there's something going on within myself where there's a lack of alignment mm. and what can add salt to the wound of already experiencing perhaps a lack of alignment where different parts of me want different things, or maybe I'm wanting to create, or I'm wanting to love my fiance in a certain way, but I'm noticing that there's something that comes in that seems to block that. If I believe that there's an aspect of myself that's trying to sabotage my success that creates a further schism within me that creates more heaviness, more self-punishment and a lack of trust. Yeah. But if I was to get really curious about whatever it is that's coming up within me that feels like it's blocking me. And when I've done this work with clients, as we get deeper into these areas where people feel blocked, what we inevitably, what we inevitably find and there's, there has not been an exception to this rule, is that underneath the core motivation of the block is typically some other value that that part of them is trying to honor through means that might be outdated, through a behavior that might be outdated, even negative self-talk oftentimes, ridiculing negative self-talk. If we were to really slow down and talk to that part and get deeper into what that part wants for you, it's usually trying to protect you. And it's trying to protect you in a kind of tyrannical way to keep you stuck so that you don't go out into the world or do something that it believes will annihilate you. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of using black magic or a lower frequency of behavior to try to control you for your protection. That perspective of just trying on that there's no such thing as self-sabotage within you can again help you get curious about the different parts that arise in your life that may seem like they're against you and to approach them with curiosity and have a relationship with them rather than trying to cut certain aspects of ourselves off. How does that land? It's such a great point. I've actually talked with clients about this before where I say that part of yourself or parts of yourself, if there's multiple pieces that they're working with are deeply in love with you. They want you to have good things. They want you to get what you want. <laughs> they just don't know how to go about it in the best way. It's like your inner four-year-old or eight-year-old kind of acting out and throwing a tantrum at the worst possible moment. But just like you said, it's just a part of yourself that wants to keep you safe, or maybe it doesn't trust you for putting yourself in situations over and over where you ended up getting hurt. But once these parts of ourselves feel listened to and embraced and loved and understood, they can start to work for you and it diminishes their, what might feel like their sabotaging power they have over you. And it adds to your collective power as like a whole 
integrated human being. So I love that perspective. I think that is brilliant. Is there anything else you want to say on that one or should we move into no, the next attitude? No, full stop. I think you just, you just nailed it. And that was like a, a really wonderful uh, reflection. And uh, I think you, you put the meat on the bones of the, of the idea. So thank you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that's so great. And I just love the perspective. I've actually never heard it put that way before that there's no part of you that's trying to sabotage you. So I think that's great. Yep. Beautiful. Okay. So the next one is there is no going backwards, only forwards. Hmm. And the reason I think this perspective is really powerful and I see my clients come to this is because it can be fairly simple and almost an automatic reaction to look at perhaps what was wasted or what was lost in maybe a really difficult experience. For instance, someone gets into a relationship with somebody and that relationship ends after a couple of years and they feel like, oh, I'm, I'm going backwards. I'm back at square one. I'm starting all over again. Um, I see this in relationship a lot. And, you know, I gave this person the best years of my life. And now, uh, you know, I'm back at square one with less than what I had before the experience. But that's actually not true. And if we are in the perspective that we can actually go backwards, we're completely missing out on all of the learnings, the wisdom, the evolution, the new perspective, and the, ex- the experience that we, we got through being in that particular relationship or container. And so there's something that is incredibly freeing. Like, and, I, and I'll give you an example of this too. I had a friend who went through financial ruin and lost everything. And I remember having a conversation with him and he was saying, you know, wow, I'm, I'm back at square one. Like I have the same amount of money that I had when I was 27 or 26 at this point. And like, but now I'm behind, right? I have to play catch up. And it's actually like, well, wait a second. If we were to get really clear on this, like you just went through a PhD, you went mm-hmm. through a, an experience that you can't even pay a university to give you in terms of um, business and real estate and finance. And the lessons you've learned are in your bones on a level that no amount of, no book or information or video could install them. And so who you are and the, the opportunity you have now to move forward from this place is, is unrivaled. Mm-hmm. And so when we can stand in that, wow, we, we can walk forward then without looking backwards and regretting the the decisions that we made that we thought were mistakes. Yeah. I see that a lot with people who have just gone through a breakup. They think I'm back to square one or I'm even further behind because now I'm this much older or I invested so much in this relationship. And I'm sure men experience this as well, but I hear women say all the time that it takes me forever to find someone I'm even attracted to. And now I have to go back online and start all over again. And I like to tell them that you're actually getting one step closer because hopefully you learned a lot about what you want and what you don't want. And if you can line up with what you want and and of course, set some boundaries and walk away from things that just aren't working for you. You're moving up to the next level or tier. And of course, you start to attract people on that next level when you actually do that. Hopefully, you're drawing those boundaries and standing up for yourself and what you truly want. It's like you're in alignment with your desire now. And Mm. I love what you said. Maybe you had a relationship and now you don't, or maybe you had money in the bank and now you don't. So it feels like you're starting over. But what you're saying is you're actually getting even closer to the life or relationship of your dreams, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just also want to just name here too, the beauty of losing something is that you then 
allow your nervous system to have the experience that you can survive the loss of it. Mm. And when your nervous system understands that you can survive devastating heartbreak with somebody that you loved or financial ruin, there's a way that you can move forward in life now with a certain sense of fearlessness, knowing that you can survive it, that'll allow you to be more free in whatever endeavor you choose to take, choose to embark on. I love that. So powerful. And I can see how these would really make you magnetic, not just to the kind of person you want to attract, but to anything you want in all areas of life. So yeah, what's the next attitude you wanted to share? Yeah, the next attitude is I am whole and complete. And I don't need anything to be complete. Right now, the the beauty of this is just in some ways letting go of this idea that we have uh, these necessarily the, these things that we need and maybe actually transmuting them to desires. Like we have a deep desire for something, a deep want for something. Um, when we look at ourselves as whole and complete without a relationship and we arrive at that place, what may have occurred to us as a need, God, I just need to get into a relationship. I just need this person mm-hmm. to love me. I just really need this person to get back to me. Turns into a want a desire. Wow. I just really want a relationship. I just really desire one. Now, the beauty of that is if you're operating from a place of need, you're typically operating from a place of fear and you're operating from a place with inside of your mind, inside of your head. But when Mm -hmm. you're operating from a desire, uh, you're actually bringing your heart into your path forward because you're, you're, you're going after what you want rather than what you think you need from a place of fear. Need is typically the way that I see it is that need is almost rooted in this thing of like, if I don't get this, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Where the want is I'm okay. And I want this because the experience will perhaps allow me to engage and play more in life. So there's a way in which we get to interact with relationship from a place of play rather than work and bringing such seriousness into it, um, which we can see how that would make one attractive because People that play in dating, people that play in relationship are magnetic to be around. People Mm -hmm. that are incredibly serious around dating, incredibly serious about getting into relationship, uh, bring with it a certain type of internal pressure that they create in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And also, if you're operating from a place that you're not whole and complete, you may be in a transactional mindset, trying to give something and then get something in return with people that you're trying to build a relationship with. And that's not to say that there's not going to be some level of transaction and reciprocity that happens. But if that's the primary motivator for giving and and showing up in a relationship is trying to get something that repels people, especially people that are already operating from a healthy mindset of, of really touching into and regularly experiencing a wholeness and completeness within themselves. Absolutely. I always say that feeling of urgency is one of the top problems I see that prevents people from actually attracting what they want. I saw this great quote the other day. It said, needing nothing attracts everything. (laughs) I think something like that. I think that's what we're talking about here, right? I think that's amazing when you're whole and complete. And of course you have desires. I think we're always going to be at a place where we want more than what we have right now. And that's a great thing. So you're never going to be at a place where you're like, I'm done. I have everything I want. You're always reaching for more. That's the joy of life and the fun of it, in my opinion, but not needing something to unfold a certain way or needing it to be this one specific person that you have up on a pedestal is very attractive. Just being open to the way life presents itself and unfolds. I think that's really great. Is there anything else you want to say on that one? Or do you want to move into the next attitude? Let's move right into the next one. Yeah. So the next one is that love is my birthright. 
Love is my birthright. Love is something that I am born into. Love is something that I come from. Now, this is really pushing the bounds into this kind of uh, more of a, a spirituality. But I, I see a lot of people before they come to this, this conclusion, they're operating from a place that love is something that exists outside of them, mm-hmm. that they need to engage with another person in order to experience love, that they need to somehow work the other person's like kind of like uh, heart faucet into a place where they, they're now getting uh, the, this love poured on them. And from that place, we're going to be operating from anxiety. We're going to be operating from the same standpoint of I am uh, of, that I that I need something uh, rather than I, I am something. And this love is my birthright allows us to actually begin to look for all the ways in which love is already existing and already permeating through our lives. It brings our attention back to seeing that there's there's nothing that we need to necessarily be seeking from someone else outside of us. This is, a, I'd say, like a brother to the, the whole and complete one, but we're just nailing it with a little bit more specificity with uh, love is my birthright. Because when we can see that perhaps what we are is love, and that's our natural state, the way in which we can enter into relationship is with such just pure generosity. Mm-hmm. And there's a way in which we can operate with a certain level of acceptance of what's actually happening. It doesn't mean that we have to stick around in situations that aren't good for us or that are not situations that are things that we don't want, but we get to be in a relationship from a place of having something really powerful to offer because we've got the fountain of love within us that's continually pouring out. And we get to have a choice about who we want to put that love onto and who not to. Um, so I'll pause there. I'm curious how that one's landing. I think it's so great. I think so many of us, for some reason, I don't know where it comes from, maybe different for everybody, just feel like there's something wrong with us or that yeah. love is something you have to sort of chase or earn or accomplish outside of ourselves. So I'm so glad to be talking about this. Love is our birthright idea that you actually are love. It's not something that you need someone else to love you in order to feel that way. It exists whether or not another person is even in our world at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you even said it better than I did. That's yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. No, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Very attractive place to come from. It's incredibly magnetic and just knowing that everyone else, you know, has love as their birthright too. I think it's great. Yeah. So I've got one more to share and I think it's just worth including. And it's this idea, it's this belief that others are on their own journey. Others are on their own mm-hmm. journey and it means nothing about my value. Uh, this is something that we have installed in us at a very early age, which is that somehow others' journeys are ours to fix or mm-hmm. to carry, um, particularly with our parents as we're growing up. And uh, we almost conflate suffering with love. We start to believe that you know to, to suffer with someone is to love someone. And when we can actually release other people to be on their own spiritual journey and not make it mean something about us, uh, one, we give them back their dignity to be on their own spiritual path. Uh, And two, we free ourselves to let go of any type of toxic hope of hanging on to someone, uh, hoping that they change. Mm -hmm. We often hold on to people that are toxic for us 
because we think that if there's just something that we can adjust within us, it will change something over there. That if, if I can just be a better person, if I can just say this correctly, do this correctly, then maybe they'll be healed. And so allowing people to be free to be on their own journey and make it mean nothing about our value allows us to save a lot of time. It allows us to energetically stay in our lane and it gives people the, um, the freedom to go learn their lessons and to live their life without us interfering with their, their, their dharma, essentially. I love it. Something I've been saying for years is that you never want to make someone else's inability to connect with you or fully commit or whatever it is you want them to do mean something about your value. It can be easy to do that. It can be easy to go right to what's wrong with me. Why wasn't I good enough? Why didn't they choose me? Or why can't they commit to me? And so what you're saying is others are on their own path and it has nothing to do with you right? I think that's really powerful. I'm glad you threw that one in too. Do you want to recap them really quick? And then I'd love to talk about your free masterclass too. Yeah. Life happens for me, not to me. The next one is all parts of me want the best for me. There is no such thing as self-sabotage. The next one is there's no going backwards, only forwards. Next one is I am creating my experience and I am fully responsible for my experience of whatever event that is occurring. The next one is I am whole and complete and I don't need anything to be complete. The next one is love is my birthright. Love is something that I'm born into and it's not something that I need to pursue. And finally, the next one is others are on their own journey and it means nothing about my value. Love it. These were so powerful. And I can see how they can, again, make you irresistible or magnetic to all of your desires, really help improve all areas of your life, not just in dating and relationships. So I'm so glad to be putting this information out there. Thank you so much for recapping. And let's talk about your free masterclass. Uh, the link to that is in the description or episode details for anyone who's interested. So Jack Butler, my teaching partner and fellow coach, have created a webinar, a masterclass called The Three Keys to Attracting and Keeping the Right Man. In the first key, we talk about two different unconscious archetypes that women can unknowingly slip into that actually repels men. The second key, we talk about a core question, a silent question that every man is asking himself when he meets you, regardless of whether he's conscious of it or not. But it is the question that is driving all of his decisions at, about whether to text you back, about whether to continue to see you, go on another date. And then finally, the third key, we talk about really being able to heal from past experiences and have the courage, the wherewithal, and the motivation to bring your vulnerability to the table in all of your interactions and use that as a qualifying tool to truly find the right guy. So we'd love to invite you to this class. It's some of the best content that we put out there for free. We think you're really going to enjoy it. That sounds amazing. And it's 100% free, right? No strings attached? Yep. Yep. Okay, great. Yeah, so I'll include that in the description. That'll be the first link in the description or episode details. We always love hearing from you. Let us know your thoughts and experiences with some of these core beliefs or attitudes down below in the comment section. Don't forget to like the video and subscribe to my channel if you're watching on YouTube. And Clayton, thank you so much again. This was great. I'd love to talk with you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to talk with you as well. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If you're tired of struggling in your love life and you want a proven system to get into and maintain a relationship where you're consistently loved, valued, and cherished, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.